All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today once again in the blockhouse with Kelly. How's it going, Kelly? We're in the blockhouse. This is week four of our music video month. And of our blockhouse living, being, right? I mean, I guess it's week four of the blockhouse life, but yeah. Well, I don't it's know just, what the end of the blockhouse could possibly be. Oh, are we already contemplating the I, end of the blockhouse? I mean, what? you brought it up. No, I didn't. I was just marveling at, oh, it sounds more natural. It must be because we've been here for a little while, mm. and then you took it to a dark place. Anyway. No, the blockhouse is not coming to an end. However, if you do want to name the blockhouse, okay. stay tuned for details on that at the end of the show. But otherwise, Kelly, we're here today, as always, to talk about Bob Dylan. He is a, a musician. <laughs> he is an artist. He's a writer. Whatever you want to say about him. We are endeavoring to learn more about the man. And every week we listen to a brand new song that we either curate, as we are doing with Music Video Month, or at random. So starting next week, we promise we are going back to random episodes again. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as records that Wayne Gretzky holds. 40 for the regular season, 15 for the Stanley Cup, and 6 in the All-Star Game. Is it 61? It's 61. <laughs> and this week, we listen to a genuine classic. Things have changed. Standing on the gallows with my head in the news. Any minute now, I'm expecting all hell to break. All right, Kelly, so we spent this week with Things Have Changed, not only with the song, but also with the music video, which we will get to again at the end of this episode, and on Thursday we'll talk more about it. Right off the bat, we've had a weird slew of music video songs this, this month so far. How did this one measure up, and how did you feel about the song in general? The song's really good. I liked it. I yeah. enjoyed it. It was easy to listen to. It yeah. is easy listening. Very Cold Iron's Boundy. We'll so the same album? Uh, it's afterwards. Okay. So 97, this was to 99. It was recorded, released in 2004. The Wonder Boys, the movie. Oh yeah, that's right. Did you, have you ever seen that? Never seen it. What is it about? We'll get to that. Okay. So it was just a good, it was a good lesson for you. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say because it was just good. I feel like it's a lot easier to point out songs that are not great. Yeah. Like where they, they fail. Um, and even songs that are super good and have a lot of history or a lot that go on. I mean, yeah, and we listened to multiple versions of it, so not just uh, the single version because uh, thing, Things Have Changed is not on an album, so it's on a lot of best ofs and all that kind of stuff, but we listened to uh, the single version. It's on Sidetracks on Spotify if you want to look it up. You can go to our website, sotwpod.com and find the, our playlist that has the version on there, but it's also on the third disc of the Bootleg Series Volume 8, you can listen to a live version from Portland, Oregon Wait. in the year 2000. So we listened to a couple live versions. Uh, a couple, Most of them are centered around the year 2000. It's just what I had. I think one in Munster, one in, um, I want to say like Plymouth or something like that. And obviously the Portland one. And we also listened to one in 2017, in April of 2017, when he was on his way to get his Nobel uh, Prize in Literature. Uh, this was part of you know, a very piano-driven version of the song. So... 
before we get to those versions, which we did talk about, let's rewind a little bit. So 1997, as you know, was the year that an album, a lesser album called OK Computer came out. It was, you know, obviously the best album of the year, Time Out of Mind, was also <laughs> featured in that year. And Dylan went through this phase. He, he was coming back. He was back. Everyone was so, so stoked to have Bob Dylan back. Cold Iron's Bound, what a great song. Very different from something like Play Connection to My Heart, wouldn't you oh, say? Yeah, yes. Absolutely. So Bob Dylan at that point said in 1999, quote, there wasn't any wasted effort on Time Out of Mind. And I don't think there will be on any more of my records. And I got to say, even if you don't love some of the stuff coming, I don't think there's any wasted effort. I think Bob has turned a corner that I would say triplicate is probably the only time these last couple of years where he's just been kind of coasting are probably the only times that Bob is like, that's a little bit of a wasted effort. But So there's questions about when this was actually recorded, if this was 1999, uh, May of 1999, or if it was uh, July 25th and 26th of 1999. He was on tour with Paul Simon, and they stopped by New York City. And so there's there's records of it maybe being recorded in July. Not that it really matters because he was not recording a lot of songs at this point, but he was recording a lot of movie stuff, as we will see. Chris Shaw, the audio engineer, said, quote, We did things have changed in one afternoon, and when we were done, we did a very quick mix of it. It turned out that the rough mix ended up being the final mix. So this is another like a tell old bill situation. It would be so fun to hear the you know, the version of this where they're trying to like nail this down because apparently there's two types of versions not only this song but Chris Shaw mentions a Louisiana swing version as well <laughs> so that would be pretty interesting to hear he actually wanted that one to show up on the bootleg series but they chose the Portland version but we'll get into that in a moment and then David Kemper David Kempner who is playing drums on this said quote we were touring and had a day off in New York Bob said tomorrow let's go to the studio I got a song I want to record we went in and played things have changed with only one engineer who was Chris we did two takes. The first was a New Orleans thing. The second is what you hear. So in about five hours, we learned it, recorded it, mixed it. And this is something that Bob Dylan is going to start doing pretty consistently from here on out. But I would understand, especially people in the band right now, they had not experienced this Bob Dylan yet. The Bob Dylan who's just like, let's stop in a studio and like record a fucking album because I got something to say and we're going to learn the songs and we're going to do it. So it's pretty interesting that this is one of the first ones. It was released on the Wonder Boys soundtrack for the movie that came out in 2000. Uh, Curtis Hansen was the director. He was going to go with a song called Not Dark Yet, which was on Time Out of Mind, until Bob was like, I can do this. Let me just write this song. And this song has a lot, uh, some of the lyrics are very particular to the the movie itself, which is always pretty interesting. Dylan actually won an Oscar for the track. He also won a Golden Globe. We will get to the Oscar performance and we'll get to the Oscar acceptance speech on Mixed Up Confusion. So stay tuned for that. From March 2000, and, from March 2000 to April 21st, 2018, he has played the song 892 times. Damn. Yeah. So this is in the upper echelon of songs that, I mean, for how long this has been out, has just dwarfed songs that have been around for 50 plus years. Crazy. It's a great song. And it's also a song that was made with the Never Ending Band. And a lot of these um, people that he plays with were the original members that are still in the band, you know? So so, so he wrote this for the movie? Yeah. Yeah, I think he wrote this for the movie. Okay. And was so was he approached by the movie people to do it? I think Clint Highland Well, you said would, that he wanted the song, the director wanted that song specifically off of it. Clint, Clint, no, Clint Highland would say that he found out that there was a lot of money in 
doing studio songs for movies. Mm. So in this time, there was a lot of old Bob Dylan bootlegs and stuff like that, like alternate takes of versions of stuff that were that were leased out to movies, lots of different movies. He, he's appeared in Forrest Gump. I mean, any movie of the time period, there's an alternate version of a track, of a random track hmm. that, that's going to get on a movie. So he's on lots of movies, but he found out there's particularly some money to be made in this realm. I think it was it was the best of both worlds, which is Bob Dylan had a hankering to write something, but maybe didn't know what he wanted to do for like a larger project. So it was kind of a perfect storm where he was interested in what was being done, interested in the subject material, and uh, wrote a song sort of catered to that. Because a lot of the stuff in there is boilerplate stuff that we've talked about. When he starts going on about the Bible, he starts going about on about the end of the world. Those are classic Bob Dylan tropes. We've already done that. We've only we're only sixty songs into a five hundred song project, and we already know that those are well worn areas that we've already talked about. So I think Bob is still circling the track a little bit, but there's enough interesting things in the in the lyrics, especially in sort of the way that he can like make a song out of nothing. That is still really interesting, especially if you can watch a movie and then sort of summarize a movie. Didn't we just do, you know, like all the 80s stuff where all he does is talk about fucking movies? Take action to my heart is nothing but movie lyrics. Well, he just basically, verse two is nothing but a summary of Wonder Boys. As for me, I lost everything. My wife, my book, my job, everything that I thought was important. But I finally knew where I wanted to go. Without having any knowledge of the movie, it still is a fine song, which I think is good because if you get too hyper specific, you're going to alienate people. Obviously, they haven't seen the song, but it, it's catchy enough and weird enough and dark enough that it's. I feel like we enter a realm in the '90s that he just writes from the perspective of a serial killer, and I won't ever think anything differently. And there's it's no way. Right in there. There's no way. Another. Uh... Another side of Murder Bob. A long anthology of of Murder Bob. So we listened to uh, Portland 2000, Munster 2000, Portsmouth 2000, Copenhagen 2017. Um, As we said, the Portland version, you particularly like that more than more than the rest. Yeah, they're all really similar. Um, The most recent, the 2018 or 2017. 17. was the most different, but the Portland one was my favorite just because there's uh, there's definitely three guitars going on, and I'm assuming Bob Dylan's playing one of them. In 2000, he probably would have been playing. Um, and one of them is just like kind of doing this cool run up and down a scale where it's just like there's a whole bunch of notes, and it really gets into this Happy Together by the Turtles, you know, I can't see me there that. Down, 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 da, down, down. Like that person is playing that yeah. between doing the scales. And it's just a very interesting sound that's not on any of the other versions. I think the guitarists are all, and all of them are doing different things. Like one of them is very crunchy. And it's it's not, and I wonder if that's maybe Bob's because it's the lightest on the work. Not like, no shade on Bob, he's a great musician. But like, I wonder if that was his where he just come yeah. in and add some kind of color to it. It's also the thing lacking in the 2017 version because if, yeah, if that is Bob, then Bob's now on piano. And, right. Or lacking the piano on that 2000 version. So it's sort of taken over in a way. Yeah, I think the Monster one is really very similar to the studio one. Um, the In the studio version, there's a, a shaker as part of the percussion. You can really oh, hear it. Yeah, yeah. And That's true. it makes a, the drum part, which is very simple, it's kind of just like boom, cap. 
but that shaker adds another little element to it and in the live versions there's no shaker that i could hear so they swap it out for simple sounds which is very very similar yeah so it's like which almost makes sense that's a difference but the i guess the portland's version is my favorite because the guitars are really working well together and they're doing a lot of fun stuff independently and to have three of them it's kind of a interesting thing in and of itself to have so many guitars uh, and then the the 2017 version was like a very western take on the song. It already has a little bit of a kind of a there country was way feel more to slide it. Guitar. Yeah, there was no slide guitar in the other ones that I really noticed. So it was very heavy slide guitar, very western feeling, very heavy bass, very heavy piano. Yeah, um, the piano was like wide. It was like just roaming around. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I like 2017 era Bob Dylan playing piano. Like it makes me really excited for the possibility of more piano type songs. In the future, because hopefully we're looking down the barrel of the new Bob Dylan record at some point. I mean, probably Triplicate was 2017, and that's just covers and fucking covers. Like <laughs> it still takes work and time. Yeah, totally. But come on, it's already been another you know year and year plus. So hopefully, but I would love a piano driven stuff because some of the piano stuff is always some of the more interesting things. Black Crow, Black Crow Blues, Sign on the Window, of course. Mm-hmm. I think so, those are some of my favorite songs. So. I think the um, Ring the Bells. Jesus. The other factor is his voice in the studio version i love his voice because he stays in that low register and it sounds really smooth and it sounds spooky it also, sounds good sounds indifferent which is the whole point yeah things have changed it's know. a very apathetic dismissive song so that's the whole thing um and then <laughs> for the majority of the live versions with the exception of the portland one which is probably another reason why i like it so much he does the that what are you doing bob yeah yeah exactly and that always is jarring. And it, it works sometimes. And it even gets there to some points in the Portland version. But, yeah, it's not my favorite when he does that. Well, and we're also way divorced. I mean, 2017 Bob is closer to 2012 Pay and Blood Bob. Right. And 2000 is closer to Pay and Blood yeah. Bob. Sure. But, anyway, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. was a, it was a mixed bag for me. Yeah, the, the, of all the performances, there's so many to choose from. I just took what I had on my computer. I, I, cu- I couldn't find any information that there, there were some that were just you gotta listen to type of things. So I just kind of took what I had from the ones that were available. Um, I will say the song, um, the studio version that I like that I had a chorus, which we don't always get. Yeah, that's that's fair. I didn't even think about that. No harmonica though. No harmonica, but I don't know if you caught this, and I really hope I'm not making this up because I did hear it every time I listened to it. On the studio version, and I'm not catching on any of the live versions, during the line, uh, it's the last verse. Oh, last verse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not eager, eager to, to make, make a mistake. mistake. Yeah. Um, the, the guitarist fucks up. Oh. It's not... It, it's like they play two minor strums in the progression that they're doing, and it's it really bends the song. It, like, purposely knocks the song out of key for a second, and I... Like, I said, that's got to be a little meta moment, right? Like, it has to be. At, at first, I thought it was just like, oh, maybe I'm not hearing this right. Or Bob Dylan is want to make, like, little mistakes in his song and just say, fuck it and let's leave it. But this song is so particular and so precise that that had to be intentional. And it, it happens every single time. During that line, It there's two strums oh. of it. The song bends out of tune. And it's, like, I thought that was An really cool. The emphasis of, like, you know, it's a mistake. used to care, but things yeah. have changed. I thought that was really, really cool. Like, a little meta moment. Oh, that's cool. I did not pick up that yeah it definitely happened um and then the other thing i thought was interesting between the studio version and the live versions is a person who has constantly changing his songs all the time all i do is change my songs this all of them were the same i couldn't catch any lyrical differences 
Yeah, the only difference uh, is is that verse two describing the song essentially the most the most Wonder Boysian uh, okay. lyrics uh, was taken out of the live version from the Academy Awards um, performance okay. live on TV. So we only played three verses instead of the four. Okay. Um, because obviously you would assume they've watched the movie, so they or you want to shorten two. it up for whatever reason. You have to. Yeah, yeah I can't yeah. be a five minute song. So. Yeah, but still, I mean. Uh, but that is economy in and of itself, you know. Yeah. If I'm going to put the, the 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 synopsis of the movie this is about in a verse, just one verse, and then I have three that stand alone. Got it, great. Yeah. And he does. You can take that out, and I think the song is. Uh, you could you could argue that the song is in fact better, Be- mainly because it doesn't introduce a lot of weird stuff. That second verse where it's like. Uh, this place ain't doing me no good. I'm in the wrong town. I should be in Hollywood. Very jarring. Like, we're just, like, name-checking places. And then uh, everything with the dancing lessons, the jitterbug rag, um, gonna dress in drag. Mm. All of that stuff are, are stuff that happen in... The, all of that stuff is in not only the book, but also in the movie. So it, it makes a lot of sense that the song is part of that. But when you remove that, look at the rest of the verses. They don't have that level of specificity. That's true. And, uh, and so by removing that one, I think... I think it's, uh, you do, you do, it's fine. I was just surprised that the lyrics weren't changed. Because every single song we listen to that has a live counterpart is different. Even if it's just a line. Yeah. Every single one. And why? Why this one? Why is it like, no, no, the lyrics I wrote for this one uh, are perfect and I'm never going to change them. Yeah. I'm sure he has. Right? I mean, at some point. I, I didn't really find that much evidence to it, but. If he's played it 800 times, though. And it's also a kind of an economical song in another way because it doesn't have eight verses where when you start to take them out, I think when you start to take them out or even rearrange them, it, it becomes a different type of song. But if you just take this one particular one out, which he has shown that he could do, and maybe he does, that does change it too. It makes it a three-minute song. It makes it a much shorter song. And I think it's more punchy when it's not. Four is a little too long. Like This is being a five-minute song. You do feel the five minutes fully. But if it was shorter... That would be the verse you would take out. Because otherwise, the rest of it is really great. This is a song, in my opinion, that feels like... We've talked about Bob Dylan, the novelist, like imagining that first sentence in a novel. There's so many great moments in this that are... I mean, everything in the first verse, a worried man with a worried mind, no one in front of me and nothing behind. There's a woman on my lap and she's drinking champagne. If I read a novel and that was the first the first sentence, I'd be like... This is great. I mean, I will definitely read sentence number two. You know what I mean? And and sometimes that's all you need. You just need a really evocative, like, what is going on here? And I think that woman on my lap drinking champagne mixed with the very end, when he says that I'm in love with a woman that doesn't appeal to me, I think that's the entire arc of the song. Like, there's a lot of talk about what this song is about, especially with the myriad of religious intonations in here with you know the apocalypse and the end of the world but i think this is just about someone who's kind of in a relationship that's unhappy it's just kind of one of those songs but then we obviously have murder bob the moment that you say i'm gonna put her in a wheelbarrow and wheel (laughs) her down the road what the fuck where did that come from it's just you know a fun time rolling someone down the road i've never been haven't you ever done that maybe it's like a you know or a shopping cart I've been in a shopping cart before. Having fun. So you did you see this? Was that the moment for you? Because that's the moment for me that I was like, this is a murder Bob story. It does not really fit for me at all, but 
Did you no, create just, a murder just, bob? Instantly. No, I didn't I didn't okay. make a narrative for it, but I just like it doesn't matter at this point. Once I hear that type of Bob Dylan music and his voice, I'm like, no, we're we're murder bob. Oh god. We're absolutely <laughs> right. Or like even like he's on the gallows. So that I had another moment of that where we, we talked about in the, the occurrence book. of Owl Creek Bridge. There's another moment for me, just the on the gallows. Yeah, yeah just so all of this is in the blink of an eye exactly. situation. So yeah, I I mean it's dark no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. It already sets the tone. So you can really easily look for evidence of some kind of nefarious thing. But yeah, I think it's just like a, a regretful person who decided that I'm not going to feel bad about the choices I made anymore. Fuck it. Yeah. I don't care anymore. I, and I just love the, I used to care, but things have changed. I, that's such a great well, and I And I feel like, honestly, it, it's, it's great for two reasons. I think it's great because it's empowering and defeatist at the same time. I think this is a song for, yeah, for any sure. moment, which is like, fuck it, I'm moving on. Or I am completely like either if it's a relationship you're in that you don't want to be in or if it's a job you don't want to be in or whatever then you are, i used to care but things have changed i'm I'm basically in it for the long haul whatever it is so it's either good or it's bad and i think it, it's up to you to determine what it is but it's certainly not going to tell you what it is yeah you can take it as a numbing like i've lost all feeling i'm going to let the world wash over me i'm not going to experience life anymore because i don't care i've watched the river flow yeah that, that's it or you can take it as this stuff used to bother me. I used to care about the stupidest of stuff, but now I'm going to fucking do me and live my best life. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and part of me wants to believe that that's the version. But yeah. that's today. Today, that is my version. But I've certainly been in the place where oh, I've yeah. been the defeatist version. For sure. But that's the beauty of, of songs, and especially songs of multi-layers that really work everywhere. Uh, I really dug into a book called Carl Porter. Um I really dug this week into a book by Carl Porter called Bob Dylan and Philosophy. And he, he brought that up specifically, uh, just about the defeatist-ness. He said, accompanying by driving rhythms, Dylan's voice, sounding increasingly like that of an old man, reports on a final passage into the absurd. I'm locked in tight, he sings, but then he growls, I'm out of range. When a rupture of such proportions is opened up between self and world, things lose their meaning because I no longer care. Hence the punchline, I used to care, but things have changed. So I really dug into Carl Porter this week. Um, usually I'll just read him sort of looking for the song, but he's got this really great section about tranquility and tranquil skepticism. And he writes, quote, up to now we, sorry, up to now we say that the aim of the skeptic is tranquility in matters of opinion and moderation of feeling in matters that are forced upon us. For skeptics, begin to do philosophy in order to decide which are true and which are false, so as to become tranquil. Dylan's most recent work develops the theme of skeptical tranquility. In the 2000 single, Things Have Changed, Dylan's voice, sorry, Dylan's attitude is, only a fool in here would think he's got anything to prove. But it would be misleading to portray this as a new attitude of Dylan's. The clearest precursor is another earlier single, Watching the River Flow, where Dylan renounces confusion for a suspense of judgment and a life of tranquility. I'll just sit here so contentedly and watch the river flow. The river of time, the flow of facts, in reality remains unaffected by winds of belief and the flow of changing opinions. And I think there's a, a reason why I named this Sign on the Window. I don't think Sign on the Window is Bob Dylan's best song, but I think it's one of the songs that I sort of strive to have, which is exactly that it's not like marital bliss it's not living in utah or dreaming of california or how whatever you want to put on that it is tranquility it's like being of one with your own mind and 
your actions are replete with who you want to be versus what you're putting out into the world. And I think that there's a lot of that in this. And obviously people, when you hear something like things have changed, people want to go to like the times they are changing. Mm. And you can make that case. And, And there's plenty of people online and plenty of really interesting arguments as to as to tying the 1960s into 1999, the end of the 20th century, Bob Dylan. And I think we do a lot of that merely on dates, you know, like closing out the 20th century. So we want to talk about what was happening before. And I just, I personally don't see it. I think Bob Dylan stopped caring about that kind of stuff a long time ago. I don't think what he's going for is necessarily like, I don't care about the world and I don't care about politics, but I think it's that I want to do my own thing again. I don't want to be told what to do. I've learned enough. I can be Jack Frost and I can make my own records and I don't have to listen to anyone ever again. I don't know. That's kind of, it was interesting to read um, Carl Porter's take. So if you haven't read that book or heard about it, Bob Dylan of Philosophy, it's fantastic. It's really interesting. I agree with him. I felt the same way about the watch. We had the same discussion, I believe. Exactly. Absolutely. You can read it either way. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to bring the slide down into summer into our music video month. I mean, <laughs> corporate synergy, as I've said before, <laughs> it is a fantastic thing. All right, Kelly, in addition to things have changed, things have definitely changed in our lives in that we are one week older than we were last week. We're also a lot less hot. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, really broke the heat here in Portland, which has been really great. So we are comfortable hanging out. For now. For now. Beyond this week listening to things have changed, what would you do this week? How was your week? Uh, In typical... What has become typical fashion for me? I, I don't have an album to recommend. Although, although, because of our playlist, I started to soften on a little band that you really like called The Smiths, Street Band. <laughs> I was going to say The Smiths. That's a different That's band. That's right. Uh, yeah, I really like the song that we had on the playlist a What's lot. Changed what the, the fuck? <laughs> Just the way that he screams it in this song is so good. It's great. So, um, I, while I was playing Fours of Five, <laughs> Brand new, four to five, hot out the kitchen. Here we go. Uh, but you know, then that Spotify's on Xbox is so nice to play so racing games and listen to whatever music you want to. Yeah. Um, I I listen to a little bit of their discography and I hate them a lot less now. That's great. So I think I might get into it. I just that song is so good. Actually, it's good. there's a lot of really good. I think uh, yeah, I would recommend our playlist too because I mean it's great from top to bottom. You got everything on there. You got Tupac. Otis Redding, Youth Brigade, Thundercat, Bad Cop, Bad Cop right before. Yeah, that was really good too. Was... Oh my God, I listened to Warrior, Bad Cop, Bad Cop all week. I, I'm i just blown away at how good they fucking are. I love that band. Deftones, Every Time I Die, Her, Drake and Future, Panic at the Disco, Postal Service, and of course David Bowie. Yeah. Can't get away from David Bowie, that's for sure. You had to close it with it. And there's no other way. I constantly kept putting it in somewhere else. It didn't really work. Yeah, Anything else for you? Um, so yeah, podcast. I think I've recommended this podcast before already. No, I definitely have. Dumb Gay Politics with Julie Goldman and Brandy Howard. You um, definitely have not. They're 
Julie Goldman is one of my favorite comics ever. Um, she's she like they're a little problematic for sure, but they um, she was the first person I ever saw on TV that looked like me, and it was like really hugely pivotal because um, ten years ago, maybe even longer, there was a show called Big Gay Sketch Show on Logo that was Saturday Night Live, but it was all queer folks. Like it was that was the whole point. It was like the the gay version of Saturday Night Live, and she was on it. And so it was Kate McKinnon. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, way, way back in the day. Yeah. And that's like, it's like a sticking point for her. <laughs> she's she's a little bit bitter, but also people were like, oh, so do you know Kate? And they're like, can you can we get us in touch with Kate? She's oh. like, I don't fucking talk to Kate. We're not fucking friends. <laughs> so, we just work together. We were co-workers. Yes. Yeah. But it was so really important for me as um, a, a teenage lesbian to see, like, uh, who's kind of masculine, to see somebody who looked like me, who wasn't fucking L-word, Fucking anorexic, super feminine lesbians, uh, you know, an actual butch lesbian on the television. Oh my god, oh my god. can you believe it? Uh, and she's super fucking funny, and all of her stand up is great. Um, she's a stand up comedian. Brandy's just her like comedy writing partner, but um, I got to see her in April. I think I went to her show here at Funhouse Lounge, and the Portland Queer Comedy Festival is this weekend. Yeah. Um, so I guess it would have just happened. When you're listening to this and she is going to be there and they're actually doing a live recording of Dumb Gay Politics this weekend. So I'm going to go see them. So listen to, you know Kelly's voice now. You know her laugh. (laughs) Listen for her laugh. Dumb Gay Politics, yeah. And they also, they have a Patreon too. Hey, so do we. I know. Can you believe it? If you go to patreon.com slash SMTWPod, you can give us a dollar or you could go to Dumb Gay Politics too. (laughs) If you give us a dollar, we'll tell you the link for Dumb Gay Politics. Yeah, there you go. Because so otherwise, you can, there's no way for you to No, 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 you can't know that. But there, so dumb gay politics is like political information. How dare that? I know, right? Uh, and then their Patreon podcast is just them being it. Because they also had a show on Bravo called People's Couch, which is where most people know them from, where they would just like talk shit about reality show stars and they would have right. them on there and talk. Like, it was just that. It's like all reality shows, they would just comment on it and. Um, so that's where most people know them from, but I yeah. knew her from way before that. So anyway, yeah, it's gay politics. Sweet. That's what I've been doing. Banging. So yeah, so that's great. Uh, obviously the playlist for me, I watched the, the World Cup. I watched France win the World Cup. Really? Yeah. Oh. I didn't watch very many. Uh, I, I just caught like the highlights. It was I, France and Croatia? France and Croatia. I enjoy, I enjoy soccer more than I think I do, but I never end up watching it. But I did watch this. And it was, it was amazing. It was like, uh, France went up first, and then Croatia countered, and I was like, man, this is a game, we got this. And then fucking France, out of nowhere, just, they were up 3-1, to one, and it's like, it's over. Took a shower, come back, 3-2, to two, and then 4-2, to two, they won. And it was, uh, it was really, but it was a great game in Croatia. My God, they're so good, but France. Uh, the album that I would recommend is 100% Dev Heaven's new album, Ordinary Corrupt Human Love. Kelly, do you know what black gaze is? I'm assuming it's like black metal shoe gaze. Black metal shoe gaze. Black gaze. Black gaze. <laughs> I saw Death Heaven in 2014 here in Portland at the Holocene. And it was it was a, an amazing experience to be screamed at in your face by such a like a... I mean, they are putting on an art exhibition in front of you. Uh, sort of like their pain. The reason I like Ordinary Corrupt Love more than New Bermuda, which was their 2015 record, is that there's some there's some riffing, man. There's some soloing. They are not so much, I think, the black metal 
uh, the way that Sunbather was in 2013, they've they've stepped back from that. And I think oh, it's... Oh, uh, that's that band. That's okay. that band. So, yeah, okay. Absolutely. So we listened to a lot of Sunbather back in 2014, the yeah, yeah. summer. Uh, that was definitely an album of that summer. But... But if you check back in December, I 100% guarantee you it's going to be in my top 25. So don't you worry about that. Finally, Kelly, I don't think you've heard the news. I have sad news to report. And so this is, I'm putting you on the spot in the podcast because we're going to have to figure this one out. I have some sad news. And it's weird because we just, the the beginning of Mix Up Confusion, we talked about Spritz Spritz. Minus the Bear broke up. No! They're going on their final tour this year. Their last two shows are in Portland and it's obviously Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. So Portland is December 13th, a Thursday. Seattle's December 14th, a Friday. Uh, I think it's at the show bar. And here it's at the Hawthorne. We should definitely Absolutely. Go. Yeah, what the... Yes. And I think it, we might be remiss not to go to, to both. Seattle. Yeah. Well, maybe not to both. That's kind of crazy. No, we could go to both. But... Uh, yeah, Seattle, because that's going to be the, the one. That's the last fucking That's the one. last show. So, I mean, hope, not hopefully it's the last show, but don't leave Why are they breaking up? Is there, like, tension, or are they just like, eh, hey, we're done? Uh, if you were to ask me, i say the train left a while ago. <laughs> I know, so, you know what, I know. But, and it, maybe it did, Kelly. Maybe it did, like, a long time ago. Anyways, if we go to the show, which we should, we will report back to you, friends, because minus the bear... Even though I have obviously just disparaged them, they're one of like the Ur bands for me. They're one of the first ones. Uh, they were, I didn't know a band could play guitar like that and have just like a, a schlob sing songs that are that beautiful and that poetic. I mean, that guy, are you kidding me? Like, what kind of a voice is that? Mm-hmm. And it fits perfect. It's so beautiful. Planet of Ice is one of the beautiful, most beautiful records that you'll ever listen to. And Nights is one of the greatest songs of all time. Oh my god! Like even just saying this out loud, it makes me sad and like, God, gotta do it. So, anyways, today we record on Thursdays. Tomorrow to go is the to pre-order. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. we're gonna have to hit that up in the morning. Luckily, we're gonna be home early before we have to go somewhere else. So, <laughs> anyways, my bad. I didn't mean to like throw yeah, it out. That's a bummer, but some minus the bear shit. I mean, at least for once before a band broke up, I've seen them. Like, it wasn't a, like the singer fucking died or I just missed the fucking boat completely. Or in this case, it'd be like Slater Kitty where you have to wait 15 yeah, years. To yeah, yeah, exactly. So at least I've already seen them once. But yeah, yeah I would absolutely. Let's okay, cool. make it a fucking thing. Let's One go to the Seattle. Two. Either let's way. Let's stay the night. That's what let's I'm saying. Let's a fucking hotel and hang out, man. Boom. Let's do it. So that sounds fun. So Minus the Bear is in our future. Tallest Man on Earth is in our future. Uh, which I forget about every single day. November, right? November. So we will be doing all of that. But otherwise, we have one more week next week, Kelly. Music video month. Music video month. We definitely have not curated this at all. So Kelly. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to make you pick a song. Why? Because that's what we do on this podcast. But you criticize my numbers every time. you got to pick a better number this time. You know like better. What? One out of 470. Go. 192. That is a beautiful number. Well, I'm glad you approve. 192. 
The answer is get your kicks on Route 66. 192, Kelly, would have been in a different world where this wasn't curated. It would be a great song, baby, let me follow you down. Off of uh, Bob Dylan's first album, Bob Dylan. Oh. It's uh, also, uh, its definitive version, in my opinion, is on uh, the 66 live tour, which is on the Bootleg Series Volume 4. So we would listen to the quote-unquote Royal Albert Hall show. But 66... Is, you're never going to stop wearing the hat years. That's true. That's true. And 66 is, uh, okay. So uh, the the song we're going to listen to next week is going to be See You Later, Allen Ginsberg. Take one and two <laughs> off of the basement tape. Psych! In your face, Kelly. One more week of music video month. We're coming at you next week with a great song from the Bootleg Series Volume 8, just like this one is sort of tangentially on that. This one is, I think, only on that one because it's pretty new. It's called Dreaming of You. And you accidentally spoiled yourself a little bit. Oh yeah, I listened to the opening guitar riff, and I was stoked. like, "This is the best Bob Dylan song ever." So I'm, I'm excited to hear him ruin it. Yeah. So. Oh. <laughs> There's no way it will be ruined because, at the very least, it's going to just be another Bob Dylan murder ballad for you. Yes. And it's which I perfect. Mean too. <laughs> and we will be watching the the music video that has uh, Harry Dean Stanton, who just passed away a couple of uh, a couple of months ago. You don't know who he is. I did not know who he was either when I heard his name, but you will definitely know who he is. Okay. He's that guy. Gotcha. So we will see the video next week, and we will talk about that, and we'll also talk about our basically growing up with our music videos. However, we're still talking about things have changed. So join us on Thursday, because we're going to do a really awesome special episode where we're going to talk about movie music videos, some music videos that were part of movies either uh, written for the movie or on the movie soundtrack movie the soundtrack, single that was released with the movie yeah. that kind of stuff and there's a lot more than you think so many so many so we're going to do a, a deep dive on that and we're also going to talk about a couple of other things we're going to talk about bob dylan's academy award performance in 2001 for things have changed spoiler alert he won an academy award for that which i think i did lead the show with this so you already know that um, so you, you, we're going to listen to a speech, and we're also going to talk about a commercial that featured Things Have Changed uh, that aired uh, during the 2014 Super Bowl. So join us for that, because that, that's actually going to be a really, really fun time. Kelly, any final thoughts? No, this is a solid song. Solid song. Minus the Bear, you guys are great. Can't wait to see you guys again. We will see you on Thursday for Mix Up Confusion, and then we'll, I promise, we'll go back to random songs now. Maybe. Maybe. to the start it's my lifetime